time keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It's Tuesday, January the 11th, 2022. Uh, By the grace of God, it is uh, Tuesday and we have, I don't know, a long week to go, but we have a lot to cover this week. And today we're going to have a conversation with R. uh, Davis Yance. He's an attorney we had on the program several months back. He was representing uh, several people from the Armed Forces, Navy SEALs to, to be included, as well as pilots that were fighting for their liberty, fighting for their rights to have a religious exemption to the mandate. And so far to this date, not one single member of the Armed Forces has received a religious exemption to the mandates. Not a single one. And uh, we saw a preliminary injunction by a federal judge last week come through allowing uh, allowing some relief to the Navy SEALs. We're going to have a conversation, a follow-up to this story with R. Davis Yance coming up at 35 past the hour. There are several stories in the news that I would like to comment upon that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure to some of you as well. Did you know that the there was a big unrest in Kazakhstan? You know, we, we had... Archbishop, or not Archbishop, I promoted him, Bishop <laughs> Bishop Athanasius Schneider. I wonder if he knows if I promoted him. Anyway, we had Bishop Athanasius Schneider on the program not all that long ago. He's the auxiliary in Astana there in Kazakhstan. Apparently the gas prices went through the roof and there was a large uh, civil unrest there to the point where the Russian military came in to help put it down. And apparently they're beginning the process of evacuating the, the Russian security forces at this point. But uh, good news, Bishop Schneider said the Catholics have been uh, fine. Everything is okay, I suppose. But maybe we'll talk a little bit about that story as well as a bunch of others to include uh, New Jersey passing legislation, abortions all the way up until birth. Yeah, I wonder how many Catholics were involved in that process. Just curious. Hmm. Project Veritas has got some breaking news coming out saying they've got uh, they verified a story that's been out a couple of months now that the DARPA, which is a, a subset of agency of the Department of Defense, uh, was involved in the gain-of-function story with Dr. Anthony Fauci in the Wuhan lab and bats and coronaviruses. Maybe we'll dive into that as well. So a lot to cover today on the program. Join us for all or part of it if you can. We'd be very grateful to you. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, favorite bat story? Favorite bat story? Yeah. Bat story? Yeah, favorite bat story. Do you have a favorite bat story? Yeah, out in uh, 2020, there was a, a story of a bat that made it into a bowl of soup. <laughs> And uh, he got everybody sick. So Did it's he my really? favorite bat story. Uh, when I was, uh, when my oldest son was uh, like five years old, he came to me one night. Uh, he's supposed to be sleeping. He's like, Dad, you know, there's there's something crawling around my room. Uh, I'm like, go to bed. Stop bothering me. Dad's watching TV. No, seriously, Dad, there's something in my room. So I go in there. I open the door and the bat is doing loops. Like oh, doing man. laps around the room. And I freak out. <laughs> it was a comedic uh, opportunity to show courage to my son. Stand back, son, I've got you. It was hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, howdy, howdy. Adrian. Praise be to God. You want to hear my bat story? Yes, let's hear the bat story. You know, when I was young, uh, I was walking home from a movie theater, mm-hmm. and my parents were uh, killed in an alleyway. <laughs> and then I was, uh, when I went back to my house, wait, ho- I fell down wait, a hole, huh? and it was filled with bats. Uh-huh. And it was terrifying. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I dedicated I, my life. 
And to, then, uh, are you to uh, are you, having vengeance against the enemies? Are you jokering me? Uh, yikes! That was interesting. Mm. That was a, that was a that was a good attempt. That was a good attempt. It you shot that out there. I, I have to admit, you did shoot that out there. But I have to say, um, um, <laughs> uh, I feel set up there. I feel totally totally used and abused in that one, Adrian. Hmm. Anyway, praise be to God. We're going to have breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos here in a moment. And then, of course, we have a saint of the day, gospel of the day. We'll have our What's Concerning Us segment at 15 past. Our guest with R. Davis Yance uh, from Yance Law to talk about the update on the Navy SEAL case. Have the Navy SEALs defeated the Navy? <laughs> We're going to have that conversation at 35 past the hour. Plus, our second hour includes our game show where prizes are at stake. And oh, and by the way, some lucky Catholic radio listener is going to drive away in a brand new Mercedes in February. It could be you. I don't know. But if you're interested to find more information on how that might be possible, visit grnonline.com forward slash raffle. All right, praise be to God. Let's dive in. Let's pray for the conversion of sinners around the world. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now you're breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos. Let's dive right into the headlines this morning. Epic Times reports China locks down world's third busiest port city, potentially disrupting global supply chain. It's like Groundhog Day all over again. China's industrial city of Ningbo, and home to the third largest container port in the world, has been under lockdown due to a recent COVID-19 outbreak. Analysts suggest that the lockdown measures could cause more disruption to the global supply chain. According to Chinese state-run media Global Times, Ningbo City is in the Zhejiang province, under, is, is under lockdown after detecting at least 23 cases of the Chinese coronavirus. The outbreak was reportedly concentrated in Beilin District, the core area of the Ningbo port, putting many local truck drivers and essential port personnel under quarantine. Chinese freight news website One Shipping said that China's foreign trade experts when foreign forwarding and logistic companies must prepare for the worst case, as freight delays and congestion may be inevitable, and will likely have a domino effect on major ports and markets around the world. LifeSite reports Italian bishop bans unvaccinated priests from distributing Holy Communion. And Breitbart reports 233 school board members faced recalls in 2021. The most common office for recall in 2021 was member of the school board, clocking in at 233 of the record-breaking 529 total attempts. In a CNN report detailing the historic high numbers of recalls in 2021, editor-at-large Chris Cizilla theorized that the number of recalls were due to a relatively small group of people unhappy with local, state, or federally elected officials who could find one another thanks to the power of the internet. And that power also allows them to organize opposition quickly and cheaply. Writing specifically of the school board number, Cezilla said that it was a number you have to assume was heavily influenced by fights over best practices in schools to deal with COVID-19. And while discussion over coronavirus protocols, which have been developmentally detrimental for students, became intense, CNN left out entirely the parent-led movement uh, 
movement against critical race theory indoctrination and radical transgender policies being pushed into public schools. These issues, which parents across the country have set, have been up in arms about, and which the establishment news media is almost entirely neglected to report, were the driving force for many of the recall efforts. And the Epic Times reports Supreme Court seems skeptical of Biden vaccine man- mandates. The Supreme Court appear, appears to be skeptical of the Biden administration's bold claim that it has the authority to impose vaccination mandates applying to more than 84 million private sector employees and to workers in federally funded healthcare facilities. In a rare Friday sitting on January 7th, the high court seemed broadly receptive to the idea that states have the authority to impose vaccination mandates, but questioned the ability of a federal agency to do the same. The private sector worker mandate, which imposes penalties on employers of up to $14,000 per violation, isn't currently stayed by any court, while the healthcare worker mandate has been frozen by lower courts. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is a pretty cool saint, but I don't recommend doing what he did. Saint Vitalis of Gaza was born in the 6th century. He was a monk of Gaza and he traveled to the city of Alexandria at the age of 60. His legend states that after obtaining the name and address of every prostitute in the city, he hired himself out as a day laborer and took his wages to one of these women at the end of the day. He then would teach her about her dignity and value as a woman and that she did not deserve to be used by men as an object of their lust. This practice was condoned by the church, and many prostitutes in the city abandoned their profession and became good wives and mothers. Vitalis was killed when a man, misunderstanding the nature of the monk's visit to the brothel, struck him on the head. Vitalis managed to return to his hut, where he died. Apparently during his burial, former prostitutes came out to explain his works, before processing with, uh, processing with candles and lanterns as his body was brought to the grave. He was then exonerated of any wrongdoing. He died in 625. St. Vitalis of Gaza, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Jesus came to Capernaum with his followers, and on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught, The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom said, Christ would not suffer the devils to be produced as witnesses of his divinity. The author of truth could not bear the father of lies to bear testimony of him. Hence, Jesus threatened him in order to teach us never to believe or put our trust in demons, whatever they may foretell. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. 
It also kind of reminds me, just reading that, about the, the, the great story of Blessed Bartolo Longo. Uh, incredible story of a young man who was very smart, very intelligent. In fact, went to college early, earlier than normal, went to pursue law, and gave, gave his whole life over to the pursuit of the devil <clears throat> and became a uh, sort of a, a seance leader. Some say a priest in the satanic order fully possessed, fully harassed, and harassed to the point of near suicide. And it was through an incredible moment of a a friend, a professor, who encountered Bortolo and discovered his truth of abandoning Christ himself for the satanic world and chastised him for it and brought him to a Dominican priest who got him to not only go to confession, but to pray the Holy Rosary. And then he ended up, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't get too excited, Adrian. Don't get too excited. It, Bartolo ended up spending the rest of his life per, uh, propagating the Holy Rosary in the Valley of Pompeii. And he became a Dominican. And he became a third order Dominican. Good grief. Got to sneak the Dominicans in there somehow. The question about this particular passage, Bartolo Longo, pray for us, by the way. The, the question about this passage is what do the devils know about our Lord? You know, we have a friend of the show who uh, just recently stood up in the middle of a homily and chastised a priest because the priest on at least five times within the same homily seemed to indicate that Jesus did not know who he was. And Jesus is God. And of course, Jesus, Jesus is no dummy. It's like reading the book of Genesis in chapter 3 and, oh, poor God, he does not know what happened to Adam and Eve. Poor little God, can't seem to figure it out. Please, do not be so foolish. God is not dumb and he will not be mocked. And our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, yes, he knew who he was. He did. Even the devils had an understanding, even though it was disputed among the fathers, for instance. Here's what Augustine says. For he was known to them in that degree in which he wished to be known, and he wished as much as was fitting. He was not known to them as to the holy angels who enjoy him by partaking of his eternity according as he is the word of God, but as he was to be made known in terror to those beings from whose tyrannical power he was about to free the predestinate. He was known, therefore, to the devils, not in that he is eternal life, but by some temporal effects of his power, which might be more clear to the angelic senses of even bad spirits than to the weakness of men. Close quote, St. Augustine, pray for us. Christ is Lord, he is God, he knows it, you should too. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Are you worried about the war on Christmas? Don't be. G.K. Chesterton says Christmas is the irresistible festival for those who are afraid to be festive. It is the spectacular festival when almost everyone lives and acts poetry instead of just a few people writing it. It is the ancient festival, a trinity of eating, drinking, praying, that to modern seems irreverent because the holy day really is a holiday. No matter what happens, says Chesterton, the great majority will go on observing Christmas Day with Christmas gifts and Christmas benedictions, and they will continue to do it, and suddenly, someday they'll wake up and discover why. 
Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Hi, listeners. Sean here. Join me in this short meditation on the birth of Jesus from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, Be not afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. On behalf of all of us here at the GRN in South and Central Texas, have a blessed Christmas celebration. May God bless you and Mary smile upon you. Amen. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Uh, Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, R. Davis Yance is going to rejoin our program. He was on a couple of months ago in uh, 2021. Uh, He represents many clients from the Department of Defense, from the um, American military, Navy SEALs to be included, pilots, and a bunch of others fighting for their right to have a religious exemption to the mandates. And to this date, the U.S. military hasn't accepted a single exemption to the mandates, not a single one. And so we're going to have a conversation about the update to that case because there was a preliminary injunction issued by a federal judge last week. So we'll talk about what that means for his clients for sure. That's coming up at 35 past the hour. But there are, as I say, several stories that are of great concern to me and I'm sure to you as well. Here's a story out of life, lifenews.com. That's lifenews.com. New Jersey legislature passes bill legalizing killing babies in abortion up to birth. The article goes, New Jersey passed a radical pro-abortion law Monday to legalize abortions up to birth and allowing non-doctors to kill babies in abortion. Governor Phil Murphy is expected to sign the misnamed Reproductive Freedom Act or the Freedom of Reproductive Choice Act into law. The legislation guarantees the, quote, fundamental right of reproductive autonomy, unquote, even though though women already have reproductive autonomy and choice prior to the decision to end a baby's life in an abortion as reproduction has already taken place. The radical measure also could lead to forcing New Jersey residents to fund abortions with their tax dollars. If the State Department of of Banking and Insurance deems abortion funding necessary, then state residents could become compelled to pay for killing children in abortions with their tax funds. The bill also allows, quote, all qualified health care professionals, unquote, to conduct abortions. Although abortion advocates have said for decades that abortion should be, quote, between a woman and her doctor, unquote, the legislation now allows non-doctors to do abortions, putting the life and health of women at risk. Speaking before the vote, uh, Marie Tassie, executive director of New Jersey's Right to Life, asked why lawmakers want to expand abortions when New Jersey already has the highest abortion rate in the United States, according to the report. Quote, why do we want to have more, unquote, Tassie asked, pointing to the nearly 50,000 abortions that occur in the state every year. This is a, quote, really radical bill, unquote, she said. The the legislation would codify the so-called right to abortion and unborn baby for basically any reason in New Jersey. Just to think about that for a second. Any reason up to birth and taxpayers are forced to pay for this. I wonder how many Catholics 
in the state government in New Jersey were involved in this process? How many voted for it? I wonder. I wonder if there are any Christians there who have a conscience whatsoever about the life of this, of this person, this unborn child, who might face execution for no crime they have ever committed simply because the parents don't want it. It's a tragedy in our culture. What happened to rare? What happened to that policy from the far left? Oh, rare. We just want the rare ability to abort children. The rare. (laughs) It ain't rare. It's all the way up to birth. In a state that has the worst record? Really? New Jersey? Compare that to the state of California, New York, Texas even, up until 2021 with the heartbeat bill. Praise be to God, we have the heartbeat bill. You know, it'll be very interesting to see what lies ahead of us if, in fact, the Supreme Court does overturn Roe v. Wade. And this gets pushed back to the states and states choose. But in states like New Jersey and the Catholics that live there, the Christians who live there, is this what you want for your state? Elections have consequences. And we see that at every level. Which is why I would never vote a pro-abortion even into the dog catcher position at any level whatsoever. No pro-aborts should be elected because uh, elections have consequences at every single level of government. Abortion up to birth, abortion even at conception, is horrifying. It is a stain, it is a, a genocide that we should put an end to. Let's pray that that happens. There was a, a story that broke this morning out of Project Veritas. I think it came in last night, actually. The headline goes, military documents about gain of function contradict Fauci testimony under oath. Under oath. You know, for the past, uh, what, couple of years, year and a half now, between Senator Rand Paul and Anthony Fauci, Dr. Fauci, they've been debating uh, about gain of function. And Senator uh, Paul asked for him to resign as a result to his continued denial of having anything to do with gain-of-function research in China, let alone domestically. He denied it over and over again. They they squabbled over the definition of what is gain-of-function. And the story came out towards the end of last year that DARPA was involved. They were asked if they want to get in on the gain-of-function research. Uh, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, DARPA said, ultimately, no, we're not, we're not in it. We're going to pass on that. But the point was, it was happening. They were doing it anyway, even though Fauci had denied it. Well, that story apparently had never been uh, verified. Well, Project Veritas is coming out, come out with this report. Here's a little bit of the article over at ProjectVeritas.com. Project Veritas has obtained startling, never-before-seen documents regarding the origins of COVID-19 gain-of-function research, vaccines, potential treatments, which have been suppressed, and the government's effort to conceal all of this. The documents in question stem from a report at the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, better known as DARPA, which were hidden in a top-secret shared drive. DARPA is an agency under the U.S. Department of Defense in charge of facilitating research in technology with potential military applications. Project Veritas has obtained a separate report to the Inspector General of the Department of Defense written by U.S. Marine Corps Major Joseph Murphy, a former DARPA fellow. 
The report states that EcoHealth Alliance approached DARPA in March of 2018, so two years prior to the pandemic, seeking funding to conduct gain-of-function research of bat-borne coronaviruses. The proposal named Project Diffuse was rejected by DARPA over safety concerns and the notion that it violates the basis gain-of-function research moratorium. In other words, we're not supposed to be doing this. We're not allowed to have gain-of-function research. So, yeah, thanks, but hard pass. Appreciate it, but no, we're going we're gonna to pass here. The article goes on to say, According to the documents, NIAID, under the direction of Dr. Anthony Fauci, went ahead with the research in Wuhan, China, and at several sites across the U.S. In Wuhan, China. I feel like that's come up before, hasn't it? Dr. Fauci has repeatedly maintained under oath that the NIH and NAIAD have not been involved in gain-of-function research with the EcoHealth Alliance program. But according to the documents obtained by Project Veritas, uh, which outline why EcoHealth Alliance's proposal was rejected, DARPA certainly classified the research as gain-of-function. Quote, the proposals... Uh, The proposal does not mention or assess potential risk of -of gain-of-function research, unquote, a direct quote from the DARPA rejection letter. Major Murphy's report goes on to detail great concern over the COVID-19 gain-of-function program, the concealment of documents, the the suppression of potential curatives like ivermectin and uh, hydrochloroxychloroquine, Boy, I messed that up. But at any rate, and the mRNA vaccines. Project Veritas reached out to DARPA for comment regarding the hidden documents and spoke with the chief of communications, Jared Adams, who said, quote, it doesn't sound normal to me, close quote, when asked about the way the documents were shrouded in secrecy. Quote, if something resides in a classified setting, then it should be appropriately marked, Adams said. He goes on to say, I'm not at all familiar with the unmarked documents that reside in a classified space. No. In other words, this report was being hidden in a classified space, but was not classified secret. So who hid it there and why? That is the question. So at the end of the day, you could read the rest of this. There's really not much left. But the point here is that there is now verified evidence that in 2018, Dr. Fauci approached DARPA about participating in gain-of-function research. It was called gain-of-function research by DARPA, and it wasn't disputed by uh, Fauci at the time. And the report has since been uh, hidden in some classified folder someplace. And they have now verified this and discovered this. So at what point is accountability going to happen? Is it possible that with this now verified information, even though this came out back in late 2021, it's now verified. We have documents. You can read the reports yourself. You can go to projectveritas.com for more information. Um, will Dr. Fauci be held accountable? Will he, will he resign? I'm guessing not. Does, does anybody ever get held accountable for that? Oh, there was that one Marine major who, who criticized his commanding officers for the Afghan withdrawal. Yeah, he got held accountable, and he's no longer a Marine at this point. He got discharged after they tried to court-martial him. He had to make a plea deal. Other than that, does anybody ever get held accountable for anything ever 
oh, there's the January 6th committee. They're trying to hold Donald Trump accountable, I suppose. Maybe that'll happen. It seems very stacked, doesn't it? Right-left politics. It seems rather peculiar to me that we can have the evidence and nobody ever gets held accountable. Gain of function out of Wuhan lab. uh, And here we are dealing with this pandemic that has taken the lives of many, let alone destroyed the lives of many more with the mandates, loss of income, businesses utterly smashed. I mean, but don't worry, Amazon and big box hardware stores are still available for you to get all your needs met. But the local businesses are crushed under the weight of all of it. Lockdowns persist and all the rest. And yet, Dr. Fauci gets to continue to be man of the year, I suppose. So let that sink in. There are a lot of other stories that were in the news. Um, One that caught me in particular was the CDC story. And I only have a minute to to, to dive into it. But CDC says over 75% of COVID deaths were in those with at least four comorbidities, which is what I've been saying from the beginning, that we should be able to have a conversation with our doctors about our health and about the options. Um, But, you know, with the censorship being what it was on on these platforms, every time we would bring up these talk conversations and guests, expert level guests to talk about them, we would get stricken. And yet it comes out, even according to Dr. Uh, uh, Walensky, who runs the CDC, that the vast majority of those who perished as a result to COVID-19, it was because they were already very unhealthy people. 75%. We know who the people are going to be vastly impacted by this, but we paint with a very broad brush and we hold the entire world hostage seems rather strange and schizophrenic we'll be right back breaking news and stories rudy carlos and our yachts is going to be on the program to talk about an update to the story don't go anywhere this is dale alquist with a chesterton christmas minute gk chesterton says that it is in the old christmas carols that date from the middle ages that we find not only what makes christmas poetic and soothing and stately but what makes it exciting the exciting quality of christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small a baby in a manger And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca wishing you a Merry Christmas from the Catholic Drive Time team. A brief meditation on Christmas. The Virgin adored him saying, O Lord, you indeed have come from heaven to earth for the salvation of men. I adore you because as God you are my creator and as human you are my son. Joseph adored him saying, O Lord, you have granted me such a grace. Kings and prophets wished to see you and they did not see. But to me, a sinner, you have given such a grace that I should see you. Merry Christmas, and God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here's your headline news. Daily Wire reports CDC director, over 75% of COVID deaths in vaccinated had at least four comorbidities. 
asked on ABC's Good Morning America about a study showing that vaccines targeting COVID-19 and its variants have successfully prevented serious illness, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the head of the Centers for Disease Control, said the overwhelming number of deaths in vaccinated people occur in those who had at least four comorbidities. Breitbart News reports Tennessee Republicans to unveil congressional redistricting map that could change delegation to an 8-to-1 GOP advantage. Tennessee Speaker of the House Cam Sexton, Republican from Crossville, said on Monday that a new map of the boundaries of the state's nine congressional districts will be unveiled at a House committee hearing on Wednesday. If the new map is approved and withstands any potential legal challenge, it could change the partisan makeup of the Tennessee congressional delegation in the U.S. House of Representatives from seven Republicans and two Democrats in the 116th session of Congress to eight Republicans and one Democrat in the 117th session of Congress. It will convene on January January 2023 after the November 2022 midterm elections. And The Blaze reports Fauci's NIAID spent more than $200,000 to give monkeys transgender hormones. The government agency led by White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci paid scientists to give monkeys transgender hormones. Fauci is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, a sub-agency of the National Institutes of Health. In December 2021, his agency approved a $200,000 grant for the fiscal year of 2022 to Scripps Research for a study to determine why so-called transgender women have high rates of HIV, the Washington Free Beacon first reported. The study uses animal experiments. Researchers gave male monkeys feminizing hormone therapy to investigate whether female hormones make the immune system more vulnerable to HIV infection, according to NIH. The agency also awarded $272,000 for the fiscal year of 2021 for a project with the same name to Scripps Research for a total of $478,000 in taxpayer dollars spent to give monkeys transgender hormones to see what happens. A scientist with People for Ethical Treatment of Animals blasted the study as yet another pointless, wasteful monkey torture experiment. And Life News reports teen mom throws her newborn baby in the dumpster. Thankfully, she was rescued. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God and all thanks. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Uh, a few months back, we had uh, R. Davis Yance on the program. He uh, his, He's representing clients in the military, in Navy SEALs, pilots, and others, uh, fighting for their ability to have a religious exemption against the, uh, the imposed mandate of being vaccinated for COVID. And uh, we're, we've invited him back on the program to get an update to the program, especially in light of the breaking story that came out last week about this preliminary injunction. Welcome back to the show, Davis Yance. Thank you for your time. Hey, good morning. Thank you for the opportunity to come back on and provide an update. Yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Uh, so uh, in, in relation to your clients in particular, have there been any updates and what is the news? Yeah, so there's a lot going on. I want to start with the Texas case. I think that's a great place to start. So what's happened in Texas, in the Northern District of Texas, is you've had a judge issue a preliminary injunction to stop uh, the military from enforcing the vaccine mandate. Now, as of today, that only applies to the 35 plaintiffs in that case. But I think more importantly, and what is significant for all of my clients, is the fact that that judge in that case has recognized that uh, and the language used in that case is theater that so far the religious accommodation process across the department of defense for all branches of military has been a ruse it has been nothing but political theater the fix has been in from the beginning we've now seen whistleblowers who are showing and proving 
that the intent has been to deny all religious accommodation requests from the beginning. So it is really, really significant. We've had brave whistleblowers come forward, provide that information, provide information to attorneys like myself. We've been able to make that a part of that litigation and it will be part of litigation in Florida as well as we move forward. But that I think is the most significant update. If from what I understand in that particular case in Texas, um, they discovered that the letters of denial that all these members of the armed forces were receiving were exactly the same as cookie cutter material, which kind of tipped them off to there is no intent here to actually review case by case. That's absolutely right. For, for my clients and others, what we're seeing is across all branches of the service, it is the same memo disapproving the religious accommodation request. The only thing they're changing um, are the dates and the names. And one of the reasons we were able to just, it's obvious when you look at the memo, but it's even worse. I have clients who have received their denials back that have the wrong information about them. They have someone else's job title, duty position, or something else. So they're not even editing very well as they're doing wow. um, <laughs> this, uh, uh, you know, cut and paste. The other issue is in, in the military, one of the things that happens when you prepare a package like this to go up to a, a senior leader, one of the things you do is you provide options to that senior leader. So typically the way an accommodation pa- package should look when I was on active duty and I prepared an accommodation package, um, it would go up and it would have both an approval memo and a denial memo. In other words, you would have both options presented to the commander and say, you know, boss, if you want to approve this, sign the approve memo. If you want to disapprove this, sign the disapprove memo. And you you create it that way. In this case, what's happening now in the military is there is no pr- approved memo. It, it doesn't exist. All of the packages are going up the same way. We've been able to show that they've all had um, they all get the disapproved memo. There is no approval memo. Even worse, I have interviewed individuals in the Navy who have had their who have received a denial memo before they even submitted their package. <laughs> so they were on a list. <laughs> they informed their chain of command, I'm going to submit an accommodation. And because of these errors that are going on in the process errors, they actually got their denial back before they'd even submitted their accommodation request. That's insane. Wow. I mean, that's that that should give a, a pause to most of us to the reality of the coordinated agenda behind the scenes. And and I guess to some degree, I had, you know, last time we talked, I served in the Marine Corps. You served in the Air Force. And, you know, we signed the contract. I get that. But golly gee whiz, not one single member, multiple hundreds of thousands of servicemen and women and not one single person is allowed to have an exemption. That is rather bizarre to me. Uh, what do you think the chances are that in the end these members will will obtain their 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 rights to have an exemption? Yeah, you know it, it's difficult to predict exactly how this is going to play out. Military members don't give up their constitutional right just because they join the military, and the reality is we swear an oath to support and defend the Constitution. So it would be it would be crazy to think we give up all of our rights in that. The issue, as I see it right now, is this. The the military at DOD isn't just ignoring the Constitution. They're also ignoring the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. So really, the issue is, is the military developing a fair process to determine whether or not religious accommodations can be granted and still accomplish the mission? The military hasn't even started doing that because all they have done is had a plan 
to deny and force vaccination from the beginning. So until the military actually starts doing that, until they're forced to do that by federal courts, which I think now is coming, praise God, um, we're not going to see the fallout from this. But I mean, I have clients that work from home that are reservists, even in the military that work from home, that are very near retirement. We have all of those things. So I do think there are some cases where absolutely uh, the military can and should grant these accommodations that would be easy cases to grant it. Um, and that's what's baffling to me, even from a legal standpoint. Why wouldn't they start approving some? Mm. Uh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You said a minute ago that this preliminary injunction out of Texas was specific to those Navy SEALs. Um, I guess I'm, let me ask a dumb question. Why, why only those? Why is it possible the judge could have said, no, wait, you, we're putting a preliminary injunction on all service members, or did he have to only do those Navy SEALs that were before him? Yeah, that's that's actually a great question. So the issue with the temporary injunction, just like the OSHA mandate that went up to the Supreme Court, and when you're at the injunction phase, you're talking about a very, very narrow set of issues that are sort of on an emergency basis. So it starts with those individual plaintiffs, and then the attorneys in that case will be seeking class certification. So they will be seeking to include either all similarly situated military members or all military members as a whole in a class, and then the injunction would apply to them as well. And that's what uh, Liberty Council in Florida is working on as well with their case in Florida is getting that class certification. So that's coming, but there's a process. You're sort of in the emergency stage right now with military members being discharged after their uh, religious accommodations and their appeals have been denied. So that's why it's at that stage. Yeah, we're up against a break here. And I want to, after the break, I want to ask you about some of those discharges and what that means for those members. But real quick, on the OSHA case before the Supreme Court, what do you think? You got about a minute. Um, boy, I think that uh, there was some good indications that many of the justice, I think uh, maybe a small majority, understand the issues and are analyzing this from the proper legal context, in, in my opinion, when we talk about government power and OSHA power. So I think we can expect good news there. It's hard to predict. I think it's going to be a close thing, but uh, I'm hopeful. And will that have a bearing on the Department of Defense? I think it will, because the, the Department of Defense uh, has to decide whether or not they're going to appeal the injunction in, in Texas. That will go to the, the Fifth uh, Circuit Court and then from there to the Supreme Court. So the DOD mandate could get to the Supreme Court very quickly. Um, and I think the OSHA ruling will have a big precedent setting impact on that. Yeah. I mean, like if you're not going to impose it upon businesses, why should you impose it upon those uh, members of our society that swear an oath to sacrifice so much for us, right? So, all right, hold that thought. We're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come right back. R. Davis Yance is our guest catching up on this story about these mandates against our service members. His website, by the way, is yauntslaw.com. That's Y-O-U-N-T-S law.com. Check that out. But we'll, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Share us with a friend. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift. And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift. 
We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings. But the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Hi, this is Robert Dominguez, General Manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network, West Texas, and New Mexico listening areas. As we approach the most beautiful season of the year, I would like to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you that helped in some way or another keep Catholic Radio on the air. I pray that you have a very beautiful Christmas season surrounded by friends and family. And as we gather with our loved ones, may we be forever thankful. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. R. Davis Janssen, attorney, is our guest. Uh, He is following up on a story that we covered several months back. He is representing clients from the U.S. military, Navy SEALs to be included, pilots and others, uh, in fighting for their religious liberty against the COVID vaccine mandate that the Pentagon has imposed. And we've been discussing that, and uh, we're welcome. Welcome you back to the program, R. Davis Yance. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. So one of the questions that I wanted to ask was about, uh, we came back from our Christmas break and we saw 206 Marines had been already discharged. But from what I understand, as much as 13,000 Marines are still out there unvaccinated. Do you have any information? Uh, two parts here, I guess. Number one, do you have any information on how many members are, are left to, to be vaccinated? Uh, and then what is the status of those discharges? What is that? What are, what are the implications of those discharges? Yeah, so last week, uh, the Department of Defense issued numbers uh, that uh, it's still over 30,000 active duty uh, military members are, remain unvaccinated or in some stage of that process. So the DOD's numbers have been a moving target, um, unfortunately. Uh, they've typically underestimated that number. But as of last week, it was still over 30,000. So that doesn't include Guard and Reserves. The latest numbers I've seen puts that number closer to 50,000 total probably higher than that when we wow. look at guard, uh, reserve, and active duty. So what, what's happening now so far is the Marine Corps has, uh, it's over 200 that they have discharged. The Air Force is, is following on behind and starting to discharge folks. What we're seeing so far, the people that are being discharged in the Marine Corps and the Air Force are individuals who simply did not get the vaccine, did not necessarily put in a religious accommodation request, or didn't get it in by the deadline. And what we're seeing is they're starting with Uh, the lowest ranking enlisted troops. They're starting with folks that are still in training, somewhere in the training pipeline, some sort of uh, basic or initial training. So that's where it's at right now. And so far, they're either receiving an entry-level separation, which is an uncategorized um, service characterization because they're in the training pipeline, or they are receiving an honorable discharge if there's no other So they're getting honorable discharges. Yeah, so one of the things that's happened that's a big update since last time we talked is Congress did act in the National Defense Authorization Act, and they limited the authority of the DOD to characterize discharges when it comes to the vaccine mandate. So military members will receive either an honorable discharge or a general under honorable conditions because Congress did act. So that's helpful. Um, Obviously, receiving an honorable discharge is the goal for anyone who serves in the military a general under honorable conditions discharge sounds good because it says it's under honorable conditions. It still has pretty devastating negative effects for most military members because 
takes away your GI bill. So it takes money away money for education, training, college. And it's also a negative when it comes to applying for jobs. Most employers want to see an honorable discharge. And if they see anything less than that, it does create a stigma. So it's still a big issue. It's still a significant issue what's going on there. But there is some good news in that. So what about reenlistments? Would it be possible for those folks at some point? Let's just, uh, you know, pretend here for a moment, 10 years down the road, uh, they're young enough still, let's just say they qualify. And all of this is reverse course. All of this has changed. We've gone back to, quote, normal, unquote. Would they be able to reenlist? Yeah, probably not without going to the Discharge Review Board or the Board of Corrections for Military Records, because what's going to happen is they're going to receive a DD-214, that document that says, hey, I served in the military, and it's going to have a reentry code. Um, most of these people I'm seeing are being alleged to have committed misconduct hmm. by not receiving the vaccine, even if they're submitting a religious accommodation. So they're receiving an RE4 code, a reentry 4 code, which does prevent future service unless you get that changed. Wow. That is pretty devastating to many people who've put their heart uh, into this, blood, sweat and tears into trying to, you know, not only enlist, but to make it through, to pursue in excellence their 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 uh, military occupations. And especially when you think of like Navy SEALs, people like that, well, we've invested over a million dollars in tax funds to train them at the highest possible level so that they can conduct missions for us around the planet in the most dangerous circumstances. Uh, a lot of those guys, uh, they must be highly impacted by this. How is their morale? You know, uh, God is good. Um, my clients are, are men and women of faith, so they're trusting in that. But there's a level of frustration and just sadness, I would say, is one of the biggest things. To have given so much, to have sacrificed so much, to have a desire um, to serve, and then to be faced with this choice has been difficult. But I think there's been a renewing of faith. Um, I think there's been a, a turning back to church. A turning back to Christ and all of this for my clients. And it, it's an opportunity to prioritize things in your life. I know it's been that way for, for myself and my wife and my family and my daughters as we pursue this. I'm at 19 years total service myself. So I'm, oh, wow. I'm in this fight with my clients um, wow. as well. Wow. Well, we'll be praying for you in particular then uh, as well. One of our listeners and super fans here, Mike, who is a veteran, uh, he asks, what is the likelihood that the military will defer to the courts? There is a long history of the military ignoring the, the, these decisions until the issue is no longer relevant. So I guess another way to ask this might be, even if the court comes out against this mandate, what is the likelihood Department of Defense will simply ignore it and do what they're going to do anyway? You know, I think there's kind of two parts to that. One is the big picture and sort of what happens uh, in, in the public facing aspects of this. I think the court, uh, they will have to recognize, they will have to abide by the courts. And we've seen that in the past, even with the anthrax vaccine, when that was experimental um, and a lot of military members were injured by batches of bad batches of that vaccine that were experimental. The courts did intervene. There was some relief for military members um, in that situation. So I see that. My concern is going to be the long-term retaliation that may happen for many of my clients. So I have clients that have lost their jobs in the military. They've been fired as executive officers, as commanding officers. They've been pulled out of the plane. So those are the people that I'm worried about, because even if we are successful in the court process or in other processes, there's still pretty devastating impacts to their careers. And that's going to take a long time to sort out. There was also another report out, was it uh, a week ago, a week and a half ago? There was a, a naval ship that had an uh, a, you know, a outbreak 
completely vaccinated. Every single person on the boat was vaccinated and still they had outbreaks. Does the Department of Defense take stuff like that into account to, to go, OK, the majority of our forces are are in, in fact vaccinated. A small percentage isn't. It's no matter what we do, it's going to be an issue. How badly could this very tiny portion truly impact the mission when, I mean, the reports, the studies, everything seems to point contrary to the prevailing opinions here? What say you, Arians? Well, you know, I, I say there. one of the things I've been asking, one of the difficult questions I've been asking from the beginning is why is the Department of Defense ignoring natural immunity? Most of my yeah. clients, particularly Navy SEALs, they've been all over the world. They've been, been carrying on missions throughout the pandemic up until this deadline was imposed. And so they've either been exposed to or had COVID and most of them have natural immunity. So one step for the Department of Defense could take is to simply recognize natural immunity as at least a significant factor in decreasing this, um, and they won't. So I, I don't have a good answer to that other than to say it feels very, very political. There appears to be an agenda that says, uh, you know, we, we don't like religious faith that impacts your actions beyond your beliefs. We don't like that. If you're going to disagree with what we're doing, we don't like that in this large bureaucracy that is the Department of Defense. And sadly, and I, I don't want to get too far off on it, but sadly, that's not limited to the vaccine. I mean, we're, we're seeing that when it comes to other issues, marriage issues and other things. If commanders uh, share or express their religious beliefs, even praying in Jesus name mm. um, can be a reason to be fired in the military today. So I, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised that there's a one size fits all approach and the, the dogma uh, has to be the political dogma has to be accepted or you're going to be on the outside. Yeah, you just made me think about the pushback at the academy level. The Air Force Academy, I think, gave uh, Christians a pretty hard time there, trying to accept even like uh, the Wiccans, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a couple of years since that story, but the uh, the military academy is pushing back on the chaplains, for instance, uh, praying in Jesus' name. So, very, very concerning. Do you see? Do you see the midterms? Or like, let's just say that the next presidential election goes swings back to the to the Republican side. Would that change any and all of this? I think that the midterm elections could have a, a significant impact on the political environment. It won't solve everything, but I do think if there is a revitalization of Congress towards people that want to see a respect for religious freedom and want to see military readiness and sort of a rational approach to this uh, come into play. I, I think that's a strong possibility. And I do think that would impact this. I mean, a lot of the problem here is you have careerist military leaders who are more concerned about their own career um, and the political fallout from this than they are about doing the right thing. And I, and I say that, I don't say that lightly. Um, I, I, that comes directly from my clients and people I interview commanders over and over again are telling them, oh, I'd love, you know, I'm with you on this. I agree with you, but there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. So you don't have um, high level leaders across the board standing up to this. So it's very political. But if the political winds change, then then there's a possibility that would change as well. Is there anything uh, average citizens can do like our audience? Could they make phone calls to their their congressional leaders? What should they do to help? Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, reaching out to Congress over and over and over again and sort of being, um, you know, a, a squeaky wheel in that regard is really, really important. There are nonprofit organizations that are involved with this. Um, one of the nonprofits that I'm partnering with is called Stand With Warriors. That's standwithwarriors.org. It was started by a group of pastors for the Navy SEALs. 
So uh, people can go out to standwithwarriors.org and get information there and help contribute. Um, we're hoping to you know, cover legal fees for folks as well as get education out there, the members of the general public. And I think just being engaged and asking good questions of Congress and pushing political leaders helps. And then prayer. I believe very, very strongly in the power of prayer. We need Amen. a prayer for a religious revival in our nation. We need to call people back into the churches and we need to have our churches stand strong for truth and freedom in our country. So Amen. that's what we can all do. Yeah, praise be to God. R. Davis, Yance, we're very grateful to you for your time today. Thank you for being on. We'll look forward to having you back soon. YanceLaw.com is the website. That's Y-O-U-N-T-S law.com. R. Davis, Yance, thank you for your time again. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. God bless you. All right. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. I'm very grateful to have had that conversation. If you can join us in the second hour, we would love to have you. We have a good news story for you. Praise be to God. Saint of the day, gospel of the day, plus our game show, Fear and Trembling, plus our after show and so much more. Join us online if you can. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. there i want to thank you for being a beautiful part of the guadalupe radio network family of listeners sammy rodriguez jr here your business manager and from my family to yours merry christmas may your heart and soul be filled with the love joy and peace that only our lord jesus can bring always remember that he is truly the reason for the season this is dale alquist with a chesterton christmas minute G.K. Chesterton says, All comfort must be based on discomfort. What's that supposed to mean? It has something to do with the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December. It is the feast in the middle of winter. We are choosing to be joyful at the very moment when the whole material world around us is most sad. We are defying cold death outside by celebrating life inside. And that's why there's nothing more comfortable than a blazing fire in the middle of a blizzard and why we bring a green tree inside and decorate it and talk of good cheer in the face of darkness and death. Tidings of comfort and joy. Because all comfort is based on discomfort. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Merry Christmas from the Guadalupe Radio Network family. I'm Tim Mott, the General Manager of the GRN Station in Houston, Texas, KSHJ. 
Christmas is a time for family. My family has already made a gingerbread house and eaten it on the same day. The dog knocked over the Christmas tree, and we've bonded watching our favorite Christmas movie. But even if your family isn't a source of joy for you, remember that you are loved by this GRN family and by the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Merry Christmas. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. A good morning. Tuesday, January the 11th, 2022. God is so very good. The year, I mean, we're already preparing for the Christmas season of 2022 at this point. I mean, I'm Advent compliant. Got the lights up, ready to go. So uh, I don't know about you guys, but it's going to be a great year. We're looking forward to it. We just wrapped up a wonderful conversation with R. Davis Yons, an attorney defending some Navy SEALs and a bunch of other members of the military in their fight for their religious liberty. And it's become a very uh, difficult situation for so many in that category. So great conversation. You can find that uh, linked up at some point uh, today or tomorrow, maybe on our social feeds. You can find them all linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But here's a question for you. Have you purchased or picked up your car raffle tickets yet? Are you prepared to drive a brand new Mercedes GLA 250 2022 model in night black come February? I mean, are you emotionally ready for this experience? I don't know. Uh, by the way, we do call first dibs. So if you win, we, the CDT team, gets the first ride, right? So you have to come by, swing by, pick us up, take us for a little cruise, and we'll actually be a, a true Catholic drive time at that point. You can get all your tickets. I jest. Tongue-in-cheek here, okay? Uh, but you can get your tickets, find the rules, all of that information on our website at grnonline.com forward slash raffle. And you'll find ways that you can get your tickets very easy, very quickly, just right there. But if you want to do like 10x the opportunity, well, one way to do that is to call your local station manager and ask them how to purchase tickets directly from them, as well as help them sell tickets to your friends and family, because the proceeds go to keep Catholic Radio on the air right where you are, the station you're listening to right now. They'll benefit from your generosity. So please consider that today. GRNonline.com forward slash raffle. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. If you had to drive a Mercedes, what, what would it be? It would be that GLA. I actually saw it the other day. Yeah. And I got to tell you, it's a fine looking car. It's Yeah, it's not bad. And it's got a turbo. So it's got, uh, it's got I, pep in its step there. I, want, is it, I think it's all wheel drive. Which, that would be which, amazing. Which means you could you could probably put a lift on it and get some off road tires. Oh yeah, you know, take it off. You got it over landing or something. Put a little take Joe hunting in it. Maybe a rooftop tent on the top. You got to be careful. You got to dust your boots <laughs> off. You know, don't get the dirt in the Mercedes, people. All right, <laughs> yeah, it's all wheel drive. But don't get the mud in there. All right, right. <laughs> to be too afraid to get it. <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of uh, <laughs> we not wanting to get dirty. Um, they, 
Is that the outside voice? Yep. I'm working mm-hmm. on that. That's okay. I'm That's okay. Speaking, right. of turbos. Turbos. Speaking of turbos. Speaking of turbos. Speaking Despite of all, it's good to be here. Praise in be to God. Despite of everything. Despite of all the evilness and wickedness in the going world. on in the world, it is good to be here. Praise be to God. It, uh, and I mean, it's great to be here because we're giving away a, a Mercedes. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. And if you could choose, what, what what Mercedes would you choose? I have no idea. I you, mean, you don't follow Mercedes? No, not at all. An eighties. Are you an S class kind of a guy? Or? Honestly, honestly, here's a confession. AMG. I I'm not. You. You're an AMG I'm not guy. a car guy. You're not, I'm not a car guy. I don't really keep up. Uh, I don't know anything about cars. Nothing? Uh, nothing. Come nothing on. whatsoever. I barely know how to drive. I can't even drive. <laughs> I, I Yeah, it just, it's kind of uh, scary. Don't be, don't be on the road. There you go. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I think I would choose an old, old school, maybe a, you know, like a 350 SLS or something like that. I don't know. Same. Yeah. A diesel. Yeah. Oh, the old diesels. With like the diesel rattle engine, you know, like how the old Mercedes had that like rattle, that distinctive Just rattle. Crank the radio up on Catholic drive time. <laughs> you won't hear a thing. Uh, That's how I go. deal with my car problems. Yeah. <laughs> Make glow pugs great again, I say. You know, <laughs> at any rate. All right, praise be to God. We're gonna have a fun hour this hour. Good piece of news coming your way here in a moment. And then Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. Our game show, Fear and Trembling, is coming up at 15 past the hour. Hopefully you you can make a phone call and get on the line with us to be our contestant. We love to have a laugh with you, and you make it that much more fun. So please consider making that call at the appropriate time. You can find the phone number on our website if you'd like to call in earlier at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And then, of course, in the second half of the hour, we do what we call an after show where we let our hair down. And some of us have more hair than others. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. But uh, we, we get more casual about the conversation, and you get to drive that conversation. So whatever you want to talk about, dear listener, that's what we talk about. And you can do that on our live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, LinkedIn. It's a lot of places. You can find all the links on our website at grnonline.com forward slash C-D-T. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Jesus, uh, <laughs> forgive me, I started, launched into the gospel. Let's try this again. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by their confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Rudy Carlos here, and now your good news for the day. Today, you get a twofer. The Guardian reports pilot from crash plane in U.S. pulled to safety moments before train hit. Police in Los Angeles, California, pulled a pilot from the crash-landed Cessna seconds before the aircraft was hit by a train, sending debris flying in all directions. Dramatic video obtained by Reuters shows several officers freeing the man from the downed plane, which had crashed shortly after takeoff in the Pacoima neighborhood in Los Angeles, according to local media. The police officers and pilot were only a few feet away from the tracks when the passing train destroyed the plane. The plane had failed takeoff and landed on the train tracks at a popular intersection, said Luis Jimenez, a 21-year-old music composer who filmed the video. Just seconds before impact, police officers saved the pilot, and a piece of debris almost hit me. The pilot was treated for cuts and bruises and was in stable condition, according to local media. No one on the train was injured, local media reported. 
Video footage posted on Twitter by the Los Angeles Police Department showed body cam footage of, po- of the officers pulling the pilot from the plane. The department applauded its officers, saying in a tweet that they had displayed heroism and quick action by saving the life of a pilot who made an emergency landing on the railroad tracks. By the way, if you want to look at this video, watch it in silent mode because there is quite a lot of blasphemy there. And the Epic Times reports tornado survivor lost everything after candle factory collapse, gifted car from out-of-county teacher. After the devastating tornado ripped through a candle factory in West Kentucky last month, if you remember that, Rebecca Marsala was among the survivors trapped inside who were rescued. Her town of Mayfield was the hardest hit in the state, and she lost everything. Then a stranger from out of county decided to help step in and help. On December 26, Sharon Sutherland, a teacher from Anderson County, drove four hours to Graves County to hand the keys over to uh, Marsala, whom she called Goldie. Her car is named Goldie. <laughs> Sutherland told KWKYT how inspiration came to her conspicuously in the middle of the night, compelling her to donate the car. She says, quote, I guess it started with just the story of what happened, she told the station. All the pictures I saw were just devastating. I can't explain it. At three o'clock in the morning, I woke up and my first thought is I need to take that car to Mayfield. Sutherland learned that Marsala had been trapped in the rubble for five long hours and had even called her adult daughter to say goodbye before eventually being rescued, after which she spent several days in the hospital recovering from her injuries, according to Graves County Sheriff's Office. Mrs. Sutherland signed over the title and handed the keys to Rebecca. What a blessing, Graves County Sheriff's Office stated. She also delivered some homemade cookies for all our deputies. Both women were trying hard not to ball, Sutherland wrote in the hand- during the handoff adding that Marsala was shocked that this would happen and grateful. Her parents have been driving her everywhere since the tornado, and she lost everything. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is a very cool saint, though I don't recommend most people try to do what he did. Saint Vitalis of Gaza was born in the 6th century. He was a monk of Gaza, and he traveled to the city of Alexandria at the age of 60. His legend states that after obtaining the name and address of every prostitute in the city, he hired himself out as a day laborer and took his wages to one of these women at the end of the day. He then would teach her about her dignity and value as a woman and that she did not deserve to be used by men as an object of their lust. This practice was condoned by the church and many prostitutes in the city abandoned their profession and became good wives and mothers. Vitalis was killed when a man, misunderstanding the nature of the monk's visit to a brothel, struck him in the head. Vitalis managed to return to his hut where he died. Apparently during his burial, former prostitutes came out to explain his works before processing with candles and lanterns as his body was brought to the grave. He was later cleared of all wrongdoing. He died in 625, St. Vitalis of Gaza Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. Jesus came to Capernaum with his followers, and on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him, and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? 
a new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the Venerable Bede said, Since by the envy of the devil death first entered the world, it was right that the medicine of healing should first work against the author of death. Venerable Bede, pray for us. Haydock's commentary also noted today, It is observed by St. Justin that the discourses of Jesus were short and concise. St. Chrysostom points out that Christ here accommodated his preaching to his hearers and to his subjects. The ancients differ as to the length of time employed by Christ in the ministry of the Word. It is most probable that he spent about three years in announcing to the world his heavenly doctrines. In the first year of his preaching, he seems not to have met with any great opposition. On this account, it may have been called by the prophet Isaiah the acceptable year. Hmm, interesting. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a couple things. Uh, one thing is the the point that you made in the, second, the first hour that our Lord here, uh, he is showing forth his power, that he has power over the demons, uh, and that he's that he's God. That's very clear. And the uh, Cortes Lapide says here, he calls going out of men his destruction, the devils do, for the highest pleasure of the devils is to, is to possess and vex men. Now, this is important to note because our Lord is, it's very, very clear that our Lord has power over the demons, but the demons are not necessarily sure of who Jesus is. Jesus is the God-man. He is, has power over them. And Cornelius Lapide later on in the same commentary, he says that he drives out these demons and commands them to be silent. Why? To show that the, his power for driving out demons does not come from the devil, but instead comes from God, comes from his own power. Uh, because later on, they will accuse him of driving out demons by demons. And they, our Lord wanted to be sure that people did not think this was so. Another thing to note is that the power of God, that our Lord here doesn't struggle against the devil. It's not like the devil and God are two people arm wrestling for the, uh, for, uh, the souls. No, the, the devil is infinitely weaker than God. It's funny because my sister and I were watching a, a TV show, a Justice League TV show, uh, like a couple weeks ago, and they were fighting demons, and my sister was like, oh, this is ridiculous. Why don't they just pray the rosary? And uh, he's like, that would solve everything. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. But these, uh, the, the, because there's a lack of faith, because Christ is not present in their lives, they have to create these weird machinations and spells and all these things and try to drive out devils with devils. But our Lord, all he needs to do is speak, and they are silent. And uh, I highly recommend checking out Cornet Lapide's commentaries on this passage because we can't go into all of it. But he has six points of why that he drove out the de devils in uh, the manner in which he did. Uh, and I'll just give you one. He said, the devil, because he had deceived Eve with his tongue, is punished by the tongue that he might not speak. Uh, so I'll leave it at that, and maybe we can talk about some of the other five during the after show. Yeah, amen. Praise be to God. Thank you. Verboom with the V, V-E-R-B-U-M, verboom.com forward slash GRN for underwriting our gospel reflections every day, giving us the tools to dive deep, connecting all these great commentaries together. Verboom with the V, 
V-E-R-B-U-M, veraboom.com forward slash G-R-N. All right, it is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. So right after this very short break, we're going to dive into our game show. We have three Catholic trivia questions, three opportunities to get in on the prize pack this week. You could win. You don't need to know the answers. You could still win without knowing a single one, but you do have to call and be our first caller right now at 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Give us a call. Be our contestant at 877-757-9424. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. And I'll tell you about my secrets and my agendas here in a moment. But what we need is a call on the line, 877-757-9424. Uh, we had a call on the hook a minute ago, but uh, we got disconnected. So call back, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open. Wide open. If you've never played before, great opportunity. And if it's been a while, you can try calling 877-757-9424. That's 
24. But there are, as I say, a few secret and hidden agenda items. I don't like to tell people this. I like to keep it private and secret. So you have to do me a favor and promise me you won't share this with anybody. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you could learn something about your Catholic faith. And how is that bad? That's a good thing, right? Learning something new. Uh, you could show off at parties. It's fun. And then, of course, uh, we like to laugh. We like to have a little chuckle, a little tongue-in-cheek, a little sarcasm here and there. And our callers tend to be a really good time. They're great sports. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, here is the kicker. I don't ask the caller the questions. Instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then they'll have uh, they'll make the decision. Every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Our sponsor this week is the Holy Face Shop. Holy Face Shop is a small business and Catholic apostolate in Greenville, Texas, which creates hand-poured 100% beeswax candles and gifts in a variety of shapes and sizes. All of the work is done by the owner, a Catholic mom who has homeschooled her children for over 25 years. Shop prices are intended to be as affordable as possible, and the shop thus is an apostolate. She ships worldwide. Check out Holy Face Shop on Etsy. Or email holyfaceshop at gmail.com for custom orders. Our winner this week will receive a beeswax candle in the likeness of Our Lady of Fatima. Support the shop by purchasing some beeswax candles and get them blessed at Aladdin Mass Parish on Wednesday, or not Wednesday, I don't know if it's Wednesday this year, candle Fe- Mass. February 2nd, it the Feast a- of the Presentation of the Lord, a.k.a. Candlemas. It is Wednesday. It is a Wednesday. Oh, praise God. <laughs> <laughs> well, praise be to God. Thank you, Holy Face Shop, for your generous support of our program, giving out prizes. We love it. 100% beeswax, too. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we're going to jump on the phones now. Thank you to uh, Carol. Good morning to you for calling back on the program. It's been a while now, so good morning to you, Carol. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Good Calling from Dallas, remind us, where do you guys go to church? Um, we go to St. Mary the Virgin in Arlington. Wonderful. Praise be to God. Did you guys have a uh, a great Christmas season so far? Yes. Yes, we have. Did you get a favorite Christmas present under the tree? Yes. What was it? Um, A blanket. A blanket. A blanket, she said. What yeah. about the blanket? Tell me the detail. What's 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 special about the blanket? It's really soft and it has puppies on it. Nice. Praise be to God. I got my friend a uh, Lord of the Rings uh, blanket for for Christmas. So there you go. <laughs> Blankets are a great great present. Awesome. Praise <laughs> Jesus. We we also have given out a few blankets during Christmas season. So that's so wonderful. Well, if, we're very excited to have you back. You know the rules. Now, I'm not sure if the last time you played, was Rudy here? Uh, he was, actually. Okay, oh, really? so you are familiar, then, with the trickiness of one Rudy Carlos. Yeah, very well, much. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, as your advocate, I'm here for you. I'm going to help you get in that cup. We shall navigate these difficult waters together. Are you ready, Carol? Yes, ready. Let's ready. do it. All right, Rudy, we'll start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? I'm ready. By the way, I resent that remark. I'm not tricky. Are you sure? I'm sure about that. 
Are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rudy, can you tell me, or rather, can you translate for me? Christ have mercy into the Koine Greek as used in the Mass. That would sound something like Kyrie eleison. I seem to have recalled that uh, somewhere. I think I've heard that before. Yep. Kyrie eleison. Sounds reasonable. Let's just uh, get a second opinion, see what Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you translate for me, Christ have mercy into Greek as used in the Holy Mass, please? Um, maybe. I will give it my best shot. You do have a comm degree from a university. So. I do, in fact, have a communications degree that helps so, very much here. Language uh, is communication. This is true. Greek, uh, people communicate it's in all Greek. Greek to me. Uh, that would be Señor ten piedad. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. One more, one more time. What was that? I said, "Señor ten piedad." That, that's Greek. That's Greek. Señor ten what? Piedad. Piedad. Señor ten piedad. Okay, here's the deal, uh, Carol and Company. Um, Adrian somehow thinks that Christ have mercy into Greek is Señor de piedad. Versus Rudy seems to think it's Kyrie Eleison. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Carol, what Rudy. say you? Don't trust Rudy. <laughs> go with Rudy. Um, well, me. we're going to go with Rudy. Smart. Seems smart. Seems reasonable. I have to say Rudy's not, he's not 100% correct, though. Whoa! Oh. What? what? Really? Oh. <laughs> wow. You, you've intrigued me, Carol. How so? We have to know. Well... Christ have mercy should be Christ daily, son. Ah. Ah. <laughs> good catch. Good, good catch. catch. That's good catch. Wow. Well, I I shall have the guy who came up with the questions and answers beaten promptly after the show, uh, Carol. So don't you worry. Uh, but you're in the cup. Praise be to God. You could win now. God is so very good. Let's see if we can't get you in there twice. This is a history question, one of my favorite. Uh -oh. And uh, we'll go to Adrian uh, for this next one. Adrian, can you tell me? Uh, maybe. What name is given to the group of 30,000 led by a shepherd, Stephen, who attempted to capture Jerusalem in 2012? 30,000 joined Stephen in this crusade. What Stephen. was it called? I know a guy named Stephen. You do? I do. I do too. I know, I know a couple guys named Stephen. All right. Um, but they're not, they're not this guy, though. Uh, that would be the Children's Crusade. Children's Crusade? Mm -hmm. They got a bunch of kids, like thirty thousand of them. Wow! And they tried to, they tried to capture Jerusalem in twelve twelve. All right, it sounds ridiculous, but there you go. The Children's Crusade. Hmm. Okay, uh, Rudy, can you tell me what name is given to the group of thirty thousand people led by a shepherd named Stephen who attempted to capture Jerusalem in twelve twelve? I love this story, and because it was thirty thousand exactly, they were known as the Even Stevens. What are you laughing so, Joe, are you all right? No, it's just morning allergies. What, what is he laughing oh, about? You it's just know heartburn. how you get that like phlegm <laughs> in the morning? That's all it is. Okay, even Steven was your answer. That's correct. The even, the even Stevens. Even plural. Stevens. Okay. 30,000 of them. All right. All right, uh, Carol and company, here's the deal. Uh, Rudy seems to think they're called the even Stevens. Uh, I've 
pretty sure I've heard their greatest hits, by the way. Uh, versus, Adrian says it's called the Children's Crusade. 30,000 led by the shepherd, Stephen, in 1212. Uh, what say you, Carol and company? Um, yeah, we're going to go with Adrian. Survey says... <laughs> There you go. Now, have you guys heard of the the Children's Crusade? Just curious. No, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, it's a true story. 30,000 kids went to Jerusalem to take it back. Captured by pirates, and the church had to sell a ton of stuff to try to buy back the children. I say make helicopter parents great again. (laughs) Who's letting their kids go to Jerusalem? (laughs) Really? All right, that's son. Another, if you must, that's another story son for another if you day. Must. All right, you you are in for two. You could really win, but we're gonna triple your chances here with this third one. We're gonna go back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me what are we commanded to do by the fourth commandment? Oh God, help me for what I'm about to say. But uh, it says to talk back to them when we're mad. <laughs> talk back to whom? When we're to mad. the parents. Oh, to the parents. The fourth Sorry, commandment excuse me. commands talk us back to, to your parents. To talk back to our parents? When you're mad, yes, exactly. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. I think we should get a second opinion on that. That's a great idea. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me, what are we now commanded to do by the fourth commandment? To respect and love our parents, to obey them in all things that are not sinful, and to help them when they are in need. To respect or to talk back? Adrian says respect. Rudy says talk back. Carol and company, what say you? Adrian. Adrian. So confident. Praise God. Yes, of course. (laughs) To talk back. Rudy. Don't ever do that. Rudy. Don't do that. Carol Company, congratulations. You're in for three. Praise be to God. Thank you guys for playing the game with us today. You're welcome. It was fun. Thank you. You guys are always so much fun. God love you. We're going to put you on hold, but have a great day. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Join us in the after show if you can. Live video streaming on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Odyssey. Go to grnonline.com. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today today we celebrate Tuesday of the first week in Ordinary Time. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Praise my soul, the King of heaven, to his feet thy tribute bring. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, evermore his praises sing. Alleluia, alleluia. 
praise the everlasting King. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Attend to the pleas of your people with heavenly care, O Lord, we pray, that they may see what must be done and gain strength to do what they have seen. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the first book of Samuel. Hannah rose after a meal at Shiloh and presented herself before the Lord. At the time, Eli the priest was sitting on a chair near the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In her bitterness, she prayed to the Lord, weeping copiously. And she made a vow, promising, O Lord of hosts, if you look with pity on the misery of your handmaid, if you remember me and do not forget me, if you give your handmaid a male child, I will give him to the Lord for as long as he lives. Neither wine nor liquor shall he drink, and no razor shall ever touch his head. As she remained long at prayer before the Lord, Eli watched her mouth, for Hannah was praying silently. Though her lips were moving, her voice could not be heard. Eli, thinking her drunk, said to her, How long will you make a drunken show of yourself? Sober up from your wine. It isn't that, my lord, Hannah answered. I am an unhappy woman. I have neither wine nor liquor. I was only pouring out my troubles to the Lord. Do not think your handmaid a ne'er-do-well. My prayer has been prompted by my deep sorrow and misery. Eli said, Go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She replied, Think kindly of your maidservant, and left. She went to her quarters, ate and drank with her husband, and no longer appeared downcast. Early the next morning they worshipped before the Lord, and then returned to their home in Ramah. When Elkna had relations with his wife Hannah, the Lord remembered her. She conceived, and at the end of her term bore a son, whom she called Samuel, since she had asked the Lord for him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My heart exalts in the Lord my Savior. My heart exalts in the Lord my Savior. My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in my God. I have swallowed up my enemies. I rejoice in my victory. My heart exalts in the Lord my Savior. The bows of the mighty are broken, while the tottering gird on strength. The well-fed hire themselves out for bread, while the hungry batten on spoil. The barren wife bears seven sons, while the mother of many languishes. 
My heart exalts in the Lord, my Savior. The Lord puts to death and gives life. He casts down to the netherworld. He raises up again. The Lord makes poor and makes rich. He humbles. He also exalts. My heart exalts in the Lord, my Savior. He raises the needy from the dust. From the dung heap he lifts up the poor to seat them with nobles and make a glorious throne their heritage. My heart exalts in the Lord, my Savior. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Receive the word of God, not as the word of man, but as it truly is, the word of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to Capernaum with his followers, and on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. As we begin this year in Ordinary Time, we start with the first book of Samuel. It's named Samuel because that's really who, who it is about. And what we're looking at in that first reading is how Samuel came to be. And we see that Hannah, who's, who has not had been able to bear children, um, is heartbroken. And she comes before the Lord, and really she makes this scene. She makes this huge scene. And Eli, who's the priest there, is basically telling her to stop making, making a fool of herself. But she is pouring out her heart to the Lord. Maybe perhaps each one of us at some point in our life, maybe we've been trying to work on something to overcome a particular temptation or sin, and we're just exacerbated. And we just come before the Lord and said, Lord, you know, help me. Um, I'm, I'm trying to do this. Help me to overcome this. Or in Hannah's case, it is, Lord, I, you know, she, I want to have a child, you know, to bless me. And just, we all, we come before God and we kind of make a scene, <laughs> you know, Lord, I, you know, I just, I'm, I'm, I've had, I'm, I'm tired. I've had enough. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't chide ourselves because of this. We, we sometimes need to do this before the Lord, to come before him, to pour out our heart, or as David even did, to pour out his soul before God in our need. And the Lord comes through one way or another. That responsorial psalm is Hannah's response to God's goodness, to the way that God has 
reversed her her fortunes. It really is this complete reversal of fortune. It is the, the barren wife who bears seven sons while the mother of many languishes. And this Hannah takes up this, this sort of reversal of fortune this way. It's kind of back and forth with God. Uh, it also happens with the psalmist who has very, very similar things to say. Look at the life of Job. Same thing. Job is pouring out his heart to God. Why am I experiencing this trouble when I have done nothing wrong? And Job's friends seem to have an answer for everything, don't they? But Job says, I've, not, I've done nothing wrong. Why is this happening? And God, will, of course, will come and read this powerful response and say, you have, did you create the heavens? Did you do any of this? But more importantly is our Blessed Mother, Our Lady, takes up the same hymn of Hannah in her Magnificat. Because for all of them, they, it really comes, uh, it really comes, this is from their experience. They've experienced that the fruitless become fruitful. The one who is barren bears. And it's the same, this should be from our own experience, our experience of faith, when we see that God is with us through difficult times and he's with us through good times. We see this on two levels. One, in our interior life, when we experience things like consolation, when God seems very close to us, and times of desolation, when God seems very far from us, or we seem very far from God, God hasn't gone, any, gone anywhere. He is always with us. But he allows us to experience these things that we can grow. So this sort of reversal of fortune happens, of course, in our interior life. It also happens exteriorly, the things around us, the, the, the experiences that we have, say, outside or around us. God is always with us. He's always present. As I said, Mary takes up this hymn. The same thing. You know, it is the mighty he has cast down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He fills the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away, so on and so forth. And she can say this with deep faith because it is from her own experience. I think we should be able to say the same thing. And it is when we look to the person that we encounter in the gospel, Jesus Christ, it is not that God is just with us throughout these things, but he has become one with us. And he has experienced them himself. He has taken them upon himself to, to the point where God, Jesus, in God, God in Jesus Christ, experiences, in a sense, God forsakenness. And so we are not alone. God is with us through all of these kind of to and fro with God. He is always there with us. God, in Jesus Christ, by doing this, by giving his life, by coming to the very depths of, quote, unquote, God forsakenness, he has this victory, the victory over the evil one, over, the, over our enemy, which is quite clear in the gospel today. He has overcome even the unclean spirits and commands them. And it is by going, by emptying himself and coming to that, to that lowest place where that re total reversal of fortune happens. It is the same in a way for us. So in the good times and in the bad, when we are fruitful and when we seem to be barren, God is always with us. And he will come through at his time. We only have to have that great and deep faith of Hannah, the psalmist Job, and of course of our Blessed Mother. We have all gathered here, dear brothers and sisters, to celebrate the mysteries of our redemption. Let us therefore ask Almighty God that the whole world may be watered from these springs of all blessing and life. Let us pray for all who have vowed themselves to God, that with his help they may faithfully keep to their resolve 
We're bringing a special way for one of our soul brothers, Brother Peter McCardo, who celebrates the anniversary of his perpetual promises. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For peace among nations, that delivered from all turmoil, the peoples may serve God in freedom of heart. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the elderly who suffer from isolation or sickness. We're mindful of all those who are suffering in any way from illness, uh, from a lack of faith, that they may be strengthened by our love of them as our brothers and sisters, and to know God's powerful power in their life. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For ourselves gathered here, that is, God does not cease to sustain us with the things of this life, we may know how to use them in such a way that we may hold even now to the things that endure forever. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the intentions of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for all their family and friends and benefactors, we pray for all those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association. And we pray too for all those who have died. May they rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May your mercy, we beseech you, O Lord, be with your people who cry to you, so that what they seek at your prompting they may obtain by your ready generosity through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise to the holiest in the height, and in the depth be praise in all his words most wonderful most sure in all his ways o loving wisdom of our god when all was sin and shame a second adam to the fight and to the rescue came. O wisest love that flesh and blood, which did in Adam fail, should strive afresh against the foe, should strive and should prevail. And that a higher gift that grace should flesh and blood refine God's presence and his very self and essence all divine. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name for our good and good of all his holy church. May your people's oblation, O Lord, find favor with you, we pray, that it may restore them to holiness and obtain what they devoutly entreat through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in goodness you created man, and when he was justly condemned, 
in mercy you redeemed him through Christ our Lord. Through him the angels praise your majesty, dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncheli Etera, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. You never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, 
especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, quitolis peccat amodim, miserere nobis. On you stay, quitolis peccat amodim, Miserere nobis, on you stay. Quitolis peccat amundim, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the Supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed.
With you, O Lord, is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. Embrace you as if you are already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Oh, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come to me, but speak the word of comfort, my spirit healed shall be, and humbly I'll receive thee the bridegroom of my soul. No more by sin to grieve thee, or fly thy sweet control. Eternal Holy Spirit, unworthy though I be, prepare me to receive him and trust the word to me. Let us pray. Humbly we ask you, Almighty God, be graciously pleased to grant that those you renew with your sacraments may also serve you, serve with lives pleasing to you. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Amen. May he let his face shine upon you and show you his mercy. Amen. Amen. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you his peace. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. Join the great throng, psaltery, organ, and song, sounding in glad adoration. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits, 
who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy Thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Is a co-